Water Buffalo TM is back with another Buff Talk. All right, three, two, one. Hey, what's going on, guys? It is Old School Matt here. I'm back with another Buff Talk, and today I'm gladly joined by my uncle, Carlos Bonilla. He is one of my closest uncles, someone I've looked up to a lot in my life and has had a career path that's been incredible that I've been taking some notes from him. So we decided to get on a podcast. He's coming here from Boston, uh, Massachusetts, and he wanted to come on and have a conversation about life and, and just everything about what he does and his amazing knowledge. So I welcome Carlos Bonilla onto the podcast. What's going on, Theo? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. No problem. Um, before we start, would you mind giving a little intro or a little bit about yourself, what you do? you know, kind of where you come from, your background yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot? Uh, let's see. I think I mostly identify myself as um, as a foreigner, right? As somebody who came here as an immigrant from Puerto Rico, um, which, you know, as a Puerto Rican, we, we have the leg up that, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, we're citizens to begin with. Um, but I do identify myself in in that manner of, you know, coming to, to the U.S. Uh, as somebody who didn't speak the language, um, young, I was 12 years old when, uh, when my parents moved here, um, West Palm beach, Florida, um, uh, graduate of Lake Worth high school. So local kid. Um, and, and so that, that's really kind of where my identity starts, uh, and, and, and moves, um, you know, proceeded then to, to go to college at the university of Florida. And for some reason we keep making our way North. Let me ask you this because you said you were a, um, I guess, you're always a citizen if you were born in Puerto Rico. Has that always been a thing? Yeah, so quick, quick uh, brief about Puerto Rico. It, it wasn't always a thing. Uh, Puerto Rico uh, is still, uh, the courts consider Puerto Rico a colony of the United States. Um, and there's a lot of colonial uh, mentality that, that, that Puerto Ricans carry that I have learned in my uh, older age that I also carry. Uh, that isn't that isn't particularly great uh, as far as um, our mentality to 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 achieve and 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 take responsibilities for what we do. There's a lot of things about colonialism that doesn't work. But interesting things about being a Puerto Rican. Uh, so I, well, like I mentioned, I went to University of Florida in Gainesville. Uh, I studied engineering. I got a master's in something called computational fluids. Uh, and, uh, and that work took me to some really interesting places. Um, most interesting of all was that we lived in Paris. While I lived in Paris, I had the right to vote for president, um, absentee from the state of Virginia, which was home. Mm -hmm. Um, so for three years, you know, I could, I could vote in, in local, uh, and, and national elections as an absentee voter from, um, from Virginia. But if I moved to Puerto Rico, I, I could not. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's ironic that I could, I could live in France and, and vote for president, but I can't live in Puerto Rico and vote for president. And by the way, that's not just Puerto Ricans, any American that moves to Puerto Rico. Loses what, that what's, right the, what's the reason again? Residents of Puerto Rico do not have the right to vote for president. Okay. So if you're a resident, even if you're a citizen in the United States, Correct. you still don't have the right to vote. Correct. And when did that become a thing? Is that just something that's kind of tied up into the legislative well, nature? It, it, no, so Puerto Rico is not a state. Um, and there's this uh, uh, affiliation that, that Puerto Rico has with the United States um, that um, 
grants all kinds of interesting things. Uh, it's really interesting because there's when you look at some a lot of the the the, the advantages and disadvantages that 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 come because of this relationship with the United States. There are a lot that are really favorable for Puerto Rico. There are a lot mm -hmm. that are not favorable for Puerto Rico, and they're all just kind of random uh, at how we we got here. Um, but you know, many times I I you know I didn't want to take this to Puerto Rican politics and 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 the state uh, of 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 the island. Um, but uh, you know, many things come from that relationship with the United States uh, in that. Um, when you don't have um when you don't have a vote uh that that kind of sets it as you don't really have control of uh your legislature you don't really have control of the things that happen mm -hmm. to you which is not true because we we do vote for local elections you you know yeah you sit here you're in florida and you vote for president and that's what most people vote for that has such a small bearing on your life, right? Most importantly is the judges, the the commissioners, the school mm -hmm. board officials, the local elections. Those are the ones that affect your life the most. Yeah. And yet we choose to ignore those mostly to but but and and we focus on on the national, right? For the president and the senate, right? And those really affect you the least. They, 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 they. As far as decisions that are made, things that affect your day-to-day -day life, yeah, those are less. Especially and, if you have like children and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. you don't. Not even if you have children, children or not. I mean, uh, laws affect you. Affect the businesses around you. Affect mm -hmm. the, the 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 taxes that you pay. Affect how the budgets of 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 schools. Um, and you know, basically everything that the community spends money on, right? Yeah. Police departments, fire departments, schools, um, water, sewage, you know, all yeah. those things, garbage, all these things that 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 matter. Um, but anyways, that's that's kind of an, an oddity about this, you know, since you asked about. Yeah, I never really knew. I mean, I obviously I know um, a little bit about Puerto Rico, yeah. just because I grew up around you and your brother. But I never really understood the dynamic between mm -hmm. the United States and Puerto Rico and how that it's kind of like an asterisk. By, by yeah, it's the, it's an odd it's an odd relationship to to say the least. Got it. And when you grew up um, in Puerto Rico from the ages of born to twelve, mm -hmm. do you have more memories and recollections oh, of, yeah. of growing up there or or, or here or about even because that's about. <sighs> You know, and th this one, um, I I have very fond memories of Puerto Rico, of course, as a child. Um, but but I I've come to realize later in life that my identity was really forged here. Mm. You know, I went to school in the U.S. I went to school at University of Florida. That forged my identity when I when I was living in France, and I would bump into anybody from from the U.S. If I found a South Floridian men yeah that's like those are my peeps like yeah. they like we understand each other we know if you find a latino south floridian and it doesn't have to be latino but if you find a latino south floridian yeah. like they totally get you yeah. and and there's something you know there's something about that that i that i realized like later in life i was like oh i'm, I'm not as puerto rican as i thought yeah you know, I'm, I'm i'm like floridian yeah I, I came here i was educated here i you did know, you find many in in paris when you guys lived there uh Puerto Ricans, none. Or, but South, no. South but, Floridians? Yeah, 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 I did. 
Yeah. I did. And it's, it's like, you know, and, and I used to, you know, we used to have, uh, we used to have friends that were, but yet, as you know, the kids, you know, we spoke Spanish at home, uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, since your, you know, your aunt and I both speak Spanish. We made Spanish the, um, the main household language. Yeah. Like the, 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 the home language exactly, um, of the kids. And so, uh, you know, as a consequence, a lot of our friends, when we moved to France, we made a, a lot of friends with, uh, Spaniards and, Venezuelans and Argentinians and and Colombians and Peruvians, you yeah. know, they're, they're all, all all over the place. And even with with those people around me, I you know I I I I felt much more identified with anybody who was you know from Florida. So the, it's it was it was really interesting for me to just kind of you know th th I had this um, I had this. Uh, identity of being Puerto Rican and being very Puerto Rican. When I went to college, I learned, I learned to dance salsa. Like I didn't, I didn't learn, I didn't learn about, you know, all this salsa and merengue yeah. that you love. I came to that in college, right? I didn't know it here. I mean, I knew a little bit and, and you listen and you, you know, and, and you take it in. But, but it was when I went to the, to the University of Florida, when I was sur surrounded with, with a bunch of other, other Latinos. Latinos that I took in that that part of like oh you know this is this is kind of like my culture I should I should know I should know how to dance people yeah. people would say to me oh you're Puerto Rican you must <laughs> you must dance great oh so you and never like, were you you were naturally a good dancer I mean I I always was a good dancer <clears throat> I mean like you know I mean I grew up in South Florida we used to dance yeah. I don't know if if you guys are familiar with booty music that's what booty we, music booty L music like twerking booty. and stuff like, like that no man like uh, like Uncle Luke like back in the in the late eighties, never heard of early nineties. Yeah, Shake was, what your mama gave ya. Uh, like 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 um, I guess is that like club music type it's of stuff? Booty, booty music. music. That's what they call it. Booty music. It was called booty music, and you'd go to the clubs and you'd grind, yeah. and you know all night. Yeah. And and that's what we called it. And I don't know what they call it today. I guess maybe twerking is no well, twerking. I think twerking is when girls are shake their butt, but this is more like like grinding. I know what you mean when you no, dance. No, there was a lot of shaking. Yeah, yeah you definitely shaking your butt. Yeah. Uh, but uh, was that the know. the revolution so, of the party era? Was in the nineties, eighties, nineties? I mean, when 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 hip hop, you know, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the era where, when hip hop was really taking off, yeah. and that was kind of the 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 break of hip hop, like, you know, you always think of hip hop as New York. And then it's, there's this like explosion of hip hop outside of New York, you know, from, you know, West coast rap and whatever. And, and here in this, in, in South Florida, yeah, we had Luke and we had Luke. I've never uh, heard of him. Uh, so, um, it was part of, I th I th oh, I'm going to get, I think it was part of NWA. Okay. I've heard he, part of NWA? he wasn't part of NWA. Um, he was oh god I'm I'm missing on I'm I'm spacing out on what uh, what the group was. Um, you said his name is what I never I've never had the computer in front of me so now I do so I, <laughs> I you, we usually do the podcast without uh, this monitor this yeah. nice uh, video switcher but Luke um, what'd you say his last name was? Um, Luke shake what your mama gave you. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, comes you, up you right definitely, away. Absolutely, uh, Poison Clan. Oh, Poison Clan. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton, a ton of stuff that I'm sure you've heard of and has been remixed and redone yeah. in many, many, many different ways. But a, a lot of uh, rap music will use little clips 
from older songs. I don't oh, know yeah. if you well, realize that, that. I mean, that's hip hop. Yeah. That's well, well, I mean, like the, the background you would hear, like, uh, I can't think of any specific songs, but people can know, will know, like a lot of Drake's music has like um, older R&B in the background oh, yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. part of the beat that's and they cool. remix it, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But um, I mean, most so, of uh, A Tribe Called Quest, like that, all that stuff yeah. that you, you listen to, I mean, it, it's from older stuff, right? They, yeah. they, it was sampling. A lot of, is that what it's called, sampling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask when you were growing up as, as somebody who was technically not, in, uh, uh, you were a United States citizen, right? Right. But I think you still have that kind of foreign entity type of thing. It might've been a little bit better because you lived in South Florida, which is, has a lot of Hispanics, but did you ever experience anything like where you felt like not welcome in, in the no. country? No, no. Always felt like you were a part of the country. No, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's really interesting in this really um, divisive times, divisive times, whatever whatever these are. Mm-hmm. Um, we, how do I put it? Um, I went to school in Lake Worth High School. Yeah, and in Lake Worth High School, people, um, it wasn't it, people were scared of Lake Worth. I, I remember. People would, would when I when they found out that I went to Lake Worth, in other circles around town, would would say things like, "Oh, aren't you afraid to to go to that school?" And we had things, you know, we there were there were gang yeah. fights, and you know, you know, we had, uh, you know, Haitians were fighting with with the blacks and 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 the Latinos, and and I, I mean, we had. We had gang gang violence yeah. back then, and and I remember a time when you know there was some some big fight, some big gang thing, and you come to school and police would be and there. the police would yeah. be there, and, and you know, all of these things. Um, but what's interesting is that 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 place where I grew up, um, you you had really poor kids. You had every color every background like a melting pot almost. Yeah. yeah and you also had um rich people mm-hmm. you also had wealthy white people attending that school as well yeah um uh you know people who lived on on like bob like, bob for example his dad went to that high school uh, i don't know if they were wealthy but no I mean, man i'm talking people who had homes that were uh, waterfront homes on uh, the like coastal the, like palm beach like, palm, right yeah. on the not right on the other side mm. of the island right but yeah. but you have a you have a waterfront home and that like these are these are Upper wealthy right like like I knew kids who drove to school in a BMW like yeah. that, that you know that that wasn't very common in uh, the nineties like, right yeah. like it but and yet we were all in the same school and I I don't know you know at what point you know uh, private schools became more predominant mm-hmm. right for 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 where you should raise your kids or maybe you didn't want to expose them to the kinds of things that, that we were exposed to. But, but uh, to be honest with you, it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful melting pot. And if somebody, um, I mean, I was somebody who was bullied. I was somebody, you know, who experienced, uh, you know, dislike and maybe fear in school and, yeah. and, and, and things that, that to me were normal. That's, that's, that's how it was to go to school back mm-hmm. in the days. But, you know, I might even be called a name or two of them may have been racist, but they weren't, you know, if somebody did, did, did stuff to you because they didn't like you, not because of your race, not because yeah. of your race, right? Like there, there's, there's a lot of friction and there's a lot of things that happen. And 
I'm sure that there are um, uh, 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 predispositions of people about the behavior and what and, and yeah. whatnot, and 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 a lot of of the animosity that may have arisen may have been culturally and racially. Yeah, but not. I never really felt like I wasn't welcome because I wasn't white. Yeah, never, never mm. once, never once in Florida. I mean, you know, we're we were. Um, we were together in in that odd experience that was that was high school and and you know and I think that 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 made me who I am today and I'm I'm grateful for that experience. That's cool. Um, I think that that area specifically is pretty cool because, like you said, there's a, a whole mixture of cultures that maybe not a lot of people that aren't familiar with the South Florida area that watch this podcast will understand, but West Palm Beach specifically, Miami too. Yeah. It's kind of, I think all of Florida, like South of Orlando has this weird like mixture of cultures and um, especially West Palm Beach, the area that yeah. you grew up in. I kind of grew up in too because of my grandparents. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful in a way that a lot of people are very, and there's also a lot of violence obviously, but yeah. there's a lot of people there that come together and they, they love each other. And especially the South Florida Hispanic community, yeah. I found even now, um, you know, 20 years removed or 30 years removed from whenever you grew up that a lot of Latinos like to, and this might just be a global thing, but at least here we like to cultivate together. A lot of my closest friends, and this is not by me picking and choosing friends based on, you know, what race they are compared to me, but I just, I have a lot of affinity with Hispanics because of the culture. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's great because you can bond over a lot of similarity, uh, similar things. Yeah, I think I think it's very it's very normal for 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 uh, you know there are cultural habits that you can pick up in 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 people and that makes you feel at ease around somebody else mm -hmm. uh, and be and and you know there's something about you being um be able to predict the behavior of somebody else based on like oh yeah. this is kind of who they are and how you 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 kind of can inter you know how to interact you know how to click. Yeah. easier because you because you're more familiar with that than than, yeah. than other stuff but on the flip side of things i also was able to be exposed to different cultures living in this area and i got to experience a lot of things that i never would have if i was just surrounded by latinos i have a lot of friends that are african-american haitian um i'm part asian i have asian friends that are not yeah. only vietnamese and i have uh, white american friends or white european friends that it's a great experience to really see all that and you get to know the culture and you get to know the people and the foods and what they do for birthdays and how they experience you know their weddings and stuff yeah. i have indian friends who yeah. i've been to um some of the indian parts of the indian wedding because uh, you can't really go to the whole thing you'll be there for like two weeks <laughs> yeah but i've experienced that i've experienced a whole bunch of stuff and it's such a great thing to do uh you've had way more experiences than the average individual in terms of experiencing the world um but i got a little sneak peek doing it uh in south florida yeah you had a lot of traveling experience on alongside moving out of the the country correct? yeah i think um that that experience of 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 leaving the country um i you know i i you know anna your your aunt and i think mm -hmm. of that as 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 probably the greatest experience that that we ever had um it it's informed us on on you know, a lot of the decisions that we've made since since that of of um, what you know what it is to think globally and um, I, I don't know that sounds that sounds a little uh, BSy or whatever, a little stuck up. 
No, but I, I believe it. I mean, no, I, there, there, there's something about, um, uh, there's something that makes you, uh, not fear, um, mm-hmm. other, other forms of, of life, right. Mm-hmm. Other forms of living is how I should put it. Um, when, when, when you're more familiar with something and it's less threatening. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So, and so, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting, um, when you live some, when, when you, when you come, when you come somewhere, um, and, and you're the, you're the, you know, the, the, um, the foreigner, right? Yeah. Forastero is what I was looking for the word in Spanish. When you're the foreigner, um, you come and you're like, oh, let me just make a little bit of space of room here for me and my culture. I, you know, you know, please don't mind us. Don't, yeah. you know, we don't want to, we're not, we're not trying to cause trouble. We're just trying to have a little bit. Right. Mm. Um, which is funny because um, I live it, you know, I, I lived it when we moved here. I lived it when we moved um, to Virginia. I, I lived it when we moved to France because, uh, you know, uh, believe it or not, we experienced culture shock in the United States because, okay. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so different. And so, you know, in Virginia, country, Massachusetts, in Virginia yeah, it's, you know, you, it's a different place. It's, yeah. it's, it was very different. So when you, when you, when you're that person that comes in somewhere and you're like, you know, you're not from there and, and you're trying to take in the culture and you try to take in, right? You, 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 you go somewhere new, you try to learn what they do, how do they do this? Yeah. And uh, it's inevitable that you'll compare. I like this. I don't like that. I think the way I do things is better. Maybe, uh, maybe there's some things that they do here that they do better. And I'll, uh, maybe I'll take those in and I'll bring them back. Yeah. But I've seen when I go back home to, to Puerto Rico, the, the flip side of, uh, 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 you know, you're, you are seeing foreigners come into your place yeah, and they're not, um, welcome. They're, they're not, um, they're not integrating or they're not taking in the customs or they're gotcha. And you feel threatened oh, okay. by, you know, and the community that, you know, feels threatened by these foreigners, yeah, yeah. you know, and the foreigners I'm talking about, like in Puerto Rico, you get a lot of immigrants from Cuba, you get a lot of immigrants from Colombia and you get a ton of immigrants from the uh, Dominican Republic. And all of the things that you see here, with with immigration mm-hmm. with how how we kind of you know treat people as second class citizens i've seen it done to dominicans and cubans in, 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 puerto, in rico. puerto rico and interesting and so it's it's that dynamic of like oh you don't you know if, if you're you know puerto rican on the island you don't know what it's like to be a foreigner yeah and so uh you don't understand uh, you don't have empathy for uh, you don't have as much empathy. You don't really understand the trouble and the difficulties that that others go, that through. Others go through. To to, and I'm not even talking about whether they got here legally or not. It's just yeah. hard to live somewhere where the customs are different and and it takes a while to adapt. I think a lot of people get territorial too about their areas. A lot of people don't like to see new faces and new um, ideas be involved in their where they're from. It, yeah, it's absolutely threatening. And in some ways it's a good thing in some ways it's a bad thing because you don't open up your your heart and your yeah. your space to others um but i think that's a big thing from what i've experienced um in, in living it living in uh, the united states and in florida is that i think a lot of people regardless of whether you believe in illegal immigration or legal immigration i think that people get territorial because they're they want their space to be peaceful and calm but they don't a lot of times they don't really 
understand the other cultures like you were saying so that's why yeah the norms and a lot of times they get like stigmas about people doing certain things which could be true but i think for the for the majority of um the people coming into this country that are coming in for you know i don't want to be political for good for good reasons a lot of times they don't pose any danger outside of you know the small percentage of people that come here yeah yeah I, i will tell you one thing i do i do you know we're very happy living in boston right now and and I have no intentions of coming back to Florida, even though that this is where I grew up. Yeah. Um, there are things that bother me today when I come down here that just drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, and 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 these are things that now it's like like I'm the guy who's from here, who's seeing all these things. What, what is one of those examples? Look, man, it drives me nuts that I go to a Publix or a, a, a Walmart or yeah. wherever, right? And I see it all the time here. Um, you go shopping, you bring your stuff out, uh-huh. and you have a whatever a shopping cart. Yeah, and can you fucking put that thing back? Oh yeah, oh can yeah. Can you can you please just like it's it's a, uh, and I find this like disregard for others, right? Yeah. That that it just drives me nuts. Like yeah. we're not a community, right? Like I I feel like in Boston is full of people that love their city. Okay. love their town yeah. right and and i'm in greater boston i'm actually in the city city of newton um and and you have all these people that you know they have all these traditions and they and and it's a community and they 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 think of themselves as, as part of a community yeah and i remember when 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 we first moved here the thought of community didn't really exist as far as like my neighborhood right we yeah. had a community in church um, yeah. right eventually yeah. Um, we had a community with our friends, but like, you didn't really think about these things. Like, yeah. I'm sure as a kid, I, yeah. I I left that card right on the side. Like, I uh-huh. I didn't like I didn't know it didn't it didn't and and so it's like sometimes I come down here and just drives me nuts. Like, it no, makes that pisses me, me feel, off too. Well, it makes me feel like like people don't care about their city, right? Yeah. And and when you're in a when you're in a place where a lot of people from from come from very different places, right? Everybody comes from somewhere else. Like where is home and what is home and and do you treat this like home? Yeah, and 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 some people do, but because they never treated home well, because home never treated them well, which is why they're here. Gotcha. But you know those kinds of things. And now, so now I'm acting like, you know, oh, get these people out of here. Yeah, you know, (laughs) like ah, you know, all these Latinos come in here and ruin everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't. I don't know who leaves their carts on the side where, you know, at least have some decency and put it up on like the little, <laughs> you know, the little curb or something by the, on the grass. But I, I always, uh, I don't know what is in me in uh, the past five years, but ever since I've gained some maturity, I always put it back in the, in the place, even if it's like a five, yeah. five minute walk, yeah. it could be, or ten, whatever. Yeah. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's like 30 seconds and you're back to your car. But I always yeah. put it back inside the designated area because I see too many of the carts like in the middle of the road and then there's like on the, the, the little block where you park your car at. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's something that pisses me off too. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I don't know. I think also you, you get, you reach a certain age when you, when you start noticing things, right. And as a, as a, as a, typically as a young individual, you just don't pay attention to things that way. You yeah. know, you're not really paying attention to uh, the things that, 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 that you're doing to, to, to other people. Yeah. Let, let's pivot let's pivot into that so before we get into your career and what you did as an yeah. engineer in college and stuff yeah. were you always nerdy like growing up in, yeah. in high in high school yeah 
And you know what's funny is that a lot of times we grow up or I've grown up in, in a, a community that has kind of made nerds kind of feel like the weird kids yeah. and stuff. But I find myself in the past two years trying to become my inner nerd because I, I always have been yeah. a nerd at heart in terms of like, I don't know if you remember when I was a kid, I used to like learning a lot of different things. I always knew like the presidents oh, yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. I was always, yeah. you know, really involved in school and stuff. And not that I ever um, put my nerd side aside, but I, um, I definitely didn't embrace it. And I didn't realize that it was, it's more of a gift than yeah, anything yeah, else. For sure. So growing up, you were, were you a, a, the type of kid that was into video games and stuff? Well, oh, if yeah. that was even. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Know. I think, you know, that part of the, of the, of the, of the nerd, like I think the culture today is so, um, we've made, um, you know, we have nerd stars, right? We, you yeah. know, uh, Steve Jobs is an, is an icon, mm -hmm. right? And, or was, well, still is. Um, and it's somebody who everybody admires, uh, you know, everyone, uh, meaning like every age group can, can, can yeah. admire whether you're, you're young, right? So when we were kids, or when I was a kid, um, that that really wasn't around. There wasn't like a, a being being nerdy uh, was not something, right? So it, you you were trying to be part of of. I mean, like I said, I I was bullied in, in high school. I'm sure it was because I looked like a like a like a nerd in many ways. Really? Right? Oh, you looked apart too. You weren't just. Uh, I was, I'm, I was a late developer, so I looked like a little, like a little kid in high really? school. Yeah. I grew like two, two inches, an inch and a half after high school. So, wow. it, you know, I was just, I was a little kid and the first two years of high school, I just, man, high school in this country is like a social experiment or, or certainly yeah. was. Um, and like I said, it, it, it shaped who I am today and, and I wouldn't change any of it, but it was, you know, it's something that, that I would fear for my children if I knew they had to go through that same experience, yeah. right? I, I would, I would try to make sure it didn't happen to them. But, um, that, that you were trying not to, um, you know, you, you're trying to blend in. Yeah. You're trying to be part of like the, the, the in crowd eventually, whatever that meant. Uh, you're trying to not to have somewhat of a, of a social, better social stature. And, for me, the first two years of high school were certainly about survival, and and I thrived my 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 last two years of high school. I, when you mean survival, you mean like be, getting beat up and stuff like that? No, not to that extent. It's just like the first few years of high school. I you know, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I look. Uh, uh, I I I came to this country. I was in seventh grade. I went to Coniston Junior High. Um, mm -hmm. And, and Coniston Junior High was another one of these melting pots. And, and, and not a, you know, uh, it, it wasn't, um, you know, not, not a great school. Like as far yeah. as, as, as putting uh, academics first and stuff like that. No, not necessarily about academics. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you much about the academics because I was in, in ESOL at the time. And I'm just trying to learn English really yeah. at the time. Gotcha. But, um, but, the, but, you know, there was a lot of social difficulties as well like you know there were a lot of fights and 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 uh i mean i think it's where the gangs start yeah, um definitely i came as a as a tiny kid um and i you know i left a, a a private catholic school and i land on this on this uh junior high that that was massive in my opinion right like it's just like these huge buildings and and you know you go from you're sitting in a classroom 
with like your 30 some classmates and the teachers come in and out and you're just on your desk all day to, oh, I'm in this massive complex and I have to move from class to class. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what my classes are and I don't, you know, I don't know what, right. And so, and I didn't speak the language yeah. and, and it was so, um, so there's a lot of survival about, you know, what, you know, what do I, what I, I it wasn't about learning anything yeah, like it was, academic it was it was more about learning the culture and how to fit yeah, in. yeah yeah how to fit in what is this thing why yeah, you yeah. know why do people laugh when i do something and then yeah. that turns into like somebody might shove me or some you yeah, know it was yeah. just it was just it was just odd that I, I i i didn't get i i was i didn't i didn't get shoved or anything like that i should say in in, in junior high in coniston it was kind of the Latinos kind of like took me in under their wing and 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 and, so and nice. not like protected me or anything, but yeah. but I but I felt n nestled. Um, but I changed schools to Lake Worth Junior High the next year um, as my parents were settling into the, into what South Florida is, and and we we ne we didn't own until much 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 later. So you know you're renting and you're moving, and so I ended up moving to to the Lake Worth area and having to go to Lake Worth Junior. I remember going to. Um, there was a, an activity like at the end of, of eighth grade um, or maybe at the beginning I don't, I don't remember when it was but we were all going to the Lake Worth pool as a class and, and okay. everybody's sitting there with like you know getting ready to like get on buses and go to Lake Worth okay. and this kid um, comes in with like his change of clothing uh, and his other shoes or, or whatever because we all had to bring like a bag for stuff and he had a bag that was um, uh, a Kmart bag with their things. Mm -hmm. And like somebody pointed it out and man, that kid got ridiculed for the next like, like three hours. Yeah. Just everybody. K and then kids after are that. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh. I didn't know. I should know that. Yeah. Mental note. Yeah. Don't bring your Kmart bags yeah. to school. Yeah. Because you wanted to have like a, a nice like I don't even know like a. You didn't want that. Yes. You don't want the Publix, <laughs> the gray Publix bag. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Or, or you just didn't want that attention from people or that kind of uh, yeah. vitriol kind of coming in your direction. And so, when you see that, uh, you you know your your mind is like oh shoot like what what other pitfalls are there like what yeah. else could yeah. happen to you here and. And so my next few years, that was seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, uh, and 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 most of tenth grade is about how yeah. do I figure figure how out do how I do figure out what the what the social yeah. norms and stat and stature are. I, I remember uh, as, I'm, as I'm as I'm figuring these things out, um, you know, people start dating in in high school. I'm in like tenth grade. And 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 a good friend of mine uh, uh, was still was, a good friend to this uh, day. Uh, no, I we we you know I I left high school and 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 college before the Facebook day, so I so yeah, I so I lost contact. touch I, with this particular friend. Um, I, I have a few that I've kept, but not too many. Um, but this particular friend uh, who I who I considered a friend um, uh, had a girlfriend, and and back then uh, I had made the calculus that. Um, that the that the science of knowing who's dating who was uh, something of of a of, could give you status like a stature status whatever status it, it 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 made it so that oh you're in the know right okay. so knowing who's dating who and blah 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 yeah, right yeah. 
So I was like, oh, this is my friend. And I go to my friend, hey, um, when you break up with what's her name, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy looks at me like, okay, uh, okay sure, dude. <laughs> and like, yeah. and, and like, it's so funny. Like, um, I, I, you know, it didn't occur to me that that's just like, wrong i the thought of dating i didn't i you know that wasn't something yeah. I, I i had had a girlfriend at the time like before but like in junior high right not yeah. not, not not anything like you see in high school and like sure enough like three months later you know my buddy's walking down the the like the, the corridors and and just screams it hey carlos so and so and i just broke up thought you wanted to know oh, and i was funny. like uh, okay all right that that he didn't like that yeah okay. <laughs> and you know like maybe you know yeah. he's like oh maybe you want to go yeah, after that's what i was now. gonna say i was like oh okay. that's that's funny yeah it's crazy a lot of times when you're younger there's not a lot to do so you just create things like they create things about who's dating who and that's like the the cool thing I, to know you know i i couldn't tell you what what all the stuff in high school but i just know that i it was it was all about figuring that out and i couldn't you know, those three years, I couldn't care much about academics. Uh, and that's not true. Like, I, I knew, I'm always goal-oriented, and I knew that I wanted to do go stuff to in, in tech. And I knew I wanted to go to college. And when I first moved to this country, I could still do math, right? I couldn't do any of the other classes, yeah, but I can do math. So I knew very clear, my objective was, I'm going to get to calculus at, at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, like, early, like I, maybe in eighth grade, I knew that. And and only because maybe a teacher noticed that I was good at math and kind of put me in a, in, a, in the right path to, to, to get informed. And, and, and so that, that kind of became a goal for me. So as far as, as math, you know, I was on my way to, to calculus, but everything else was just like whatever you ever watched the movie stand and deliver before oh yeah 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 that's one of my yeah. favorite movies of all oh, yeah. time yeah he says yeah. math is the greatest equalizer i have two yeah. of the guys um jaime escalantes his the actual a, teacher i have his books they're edward, very edward uh james almost yeah yeah that's yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time it's a great movie yeah it's a great movie. um what's calculos yeah <laughs> was it was Blue that diamond phillips was that a little bit like uh how it was in um and like we're hired or not really? No. Um, is that as exaggerated? I, I no no no. It's exaggerated. No, because uh, it wasn't with I wasn't with the Latinos doing yeah. math. Yeah. Shit, I was the maybe the the only. I think there was a, a Cuban guy and me, really, uh, that were in in all the math classes. And then uh, a buddy of mine who's still friends to this day uh, from Ecuador, um, who's Asian. Uh, but from Ecuador. Oh, so like me, half Asian, half Spanish. Yeah, Asian yeah, Spanish. yeah. Um, his name is Yon. His last name is Yong. So he's oh. like, his grandfather was Chinese. Okay. Uh, but he grew up in Ecuador. And I remember we, we're, <laughs> we're in my calculus class and, and he's new to the school. He came to the U.S. at 17. And he was in calculus and, and, <laughs> and he hears me talking with the Cuban, uh, you know, Spanish. And, yeah. and so, you know, he, this, this, this dude that looked totally Chinese, you know, turns to me and starts speaking to me in Spanish. And I was like, to, to my Cuban friend, I'm like, what is this Chinese dude saying? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, cabrón, hablo español. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, like, I, you know? I, have, I know somebody who's like that. He's from Colombia. And he's lit, looks 100 percent Asian. Yeah, and he's and there's a lot of Peruvians like that too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the uh, the uh, um, my mom's cousin or friend, uh, she lives down south. I forget her name, but she's Japanese Peruvian. You know what I'm talking about? Patty? 
No, not Patti. She, she's not family, actually. She's... Oh, I know who you... T- oh, yes, yes, yes. Your mom's friend. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, yeah, she's not family. Um, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's that's interesting, too. But I, I want to make a side note. A lot of Latinos, unfortunately, don't have the self-confidence to get involved in mathematics. But I found that the ones that are are in mathematics are very good at, at it. Unfortunately, I, I, think I think that when, when you, I think what happens is when you don't dominate a language, which this is the, your, your, your aunt was also like singled out for mathematics is because yeah. like you, you do what you know how to do. Right. Yeah. And my math education from Puerto Rico was high level, higher level than I was getting here when I first got here. Uh, uh, the Assessi's education and education was also higher. So when we, you know, when they come here, you know, oh, you focus on that and, and you can hold on to that. One of the things that I, that, that, you know, one of the reasons that I really loved the University of Florida was, um, I think there was a time uh, when I was in high school where you would, you, I was probably considered uh, one of those like Latinos arrepentidos, right? Like the, the Latinos that didn't want to be known with the Latinos, right? Because I was hanging out with, with, um, with the white people. Not that I was hanging out with the white people. I wasn't hanging out with anybody, but I wasn't hanging out with the Latinos. Um, uh, and 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 it had nothing to do with with like not wanting to be Latino. It's just like a lot of them weren't taking the the the, the big the classes that I that I wanted to take, and a lot of them, um, you know, there there was a a a, a, a lot of people do, that were involved with gangs, right? That were that were friends of mine, right? And and you know, I liked them. They treated me well. Yeah. And I, I didn't have any any but surface level issues, right? Right, yeah. and so I I didn't, but you know there were a ton of people that were that were not right, but then but then uh, the 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 other folks were around them anyways, and I just didn't want to be part of of of, of anything that could uh, jeopardize where I wanted to go. Yeah. So interesting. Anything in high school that you ever did that, like you ever build anything or do anything at home that kind of jump started you in that engineering type of way? Because you know some people like they start building. Computers I mean, I, like I was, I was doing, uh, I was doing computers really young. Really? Um, yeah. From Puerto Rico. I was doing, I was, I was programming. I was one of oh, those wow. kids that, um, that got into it really. I, I, yeah, I was curious about it from the get go. I, 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 you know, my mother, um, she, when she finished school, um, my mother has a master's in, 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 um, like, uh, school administration and uh in one of the jobs that she had um she was working for the dean or one of the deans or somebody with power at at the university of 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 puerto rico and they they needed to do something with the program um i think it was for for uh emt training um and uh, one of the other schools wanted to have this program and wanted to have an accredited accredited degree and my mother uh was writing the the curriculum for for said program and the dean had uh, at his disposal uh, a number of computers and and he thought uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to anna my mother um uh, to see if if this is something that maybe could go into the curriculum or or it, it you know it could be whatever you know back in the this is uh, back in the 80s early 80s and you know 
adding computers to a curriculum would make it flashy and, and interesting, right? So so he made a computer available for my mother, and so my mom brought it home to me, and it was an Atari 800, um, and and it came with a cartridge of uh, BASIC, uh, the programming language, mm. and and she gave me some little pamphlets to play with, and I found it the most like marvelous, interesting thing I've ever seen. I was like uh, maybe eight years old at the time. So, so you were given a computer yeah, and a pamphlet and then you just started. It, well, it. yeah, you, it, I think after that. So I would, how, how did you even, how do you even start? They, there's like stuff written on the page. It tells you write this down and, and, and you do almost it. like a tutorial. Yeah. 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 And then, and then there was like, um, there used to be magazines that you could, um, that, that, that you would like flip through and they would have like code. Uh, and what, what could you accomplish with this? Um, like what, what is we there were drawing, you, they were, you were, you were trying to make me you know, like, I remember, uh, I, I, I went to one of these mag, uh, stores that had like a like PC magazine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was called and it wasn't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't PC magazine, but it had, it advertised that it had the game, uh, Qbert on it, uh, and that you okay. could code it. And I thought that was the coolest thing. What what's Qbert? It's this old game from like, like, like a little like, snake game or something like that? No, it's like a I don't even remember what it was like, but there's like this pyramid and you have a a, a dude and he jumps and he's trying to get to the top of a pyramid. And, and there's obstacles that get thrown. That was all built in basic? No, no, no. Okay. But but uh, this magazine had I like the source code for you to write it so that you can make your own Qbert game. It wasn't the original Qbert, but yeah. like a version that you could do. Um, anyways, and I, I get to this magazine and I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite grab the right one. The magazine was in English. I didn't know English. Okay. So I, but I get to a page where I see code <laughs> yeah. and, and I just like, I, there was like, um, uh, maybe like 20 lines of code and I just sat there and I memorized it. Really? Uh, just so that like, I would just repeat it. Like it yeah. was like, uh, uh, do you remember any of that to this day or no? I mean, I, it was like 10 let X equals blah, you know, and, and at 20, uh, so these were lines of, 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 of code. Was I couldn't it recite it today, but directions to the game. It's the program you, it was, and it wasn't quite a game. So when, when I did this thing, I, I went home and I, and I coded it, um, it didn't run because of course I, I had type, you know, I, yeah. I'm trying to memorize something. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever it was didn't run. And I just spent like forever trying to like, change things here and it would say yeah. error and it would tell you like the line that you had the error okay. on so you would go to that line and you would change words until an error disappeared and then and, and there's then, no there's no google search at the time there there's no, no stack search. stack Not, overflow nothing, nothing yeah and so that's interesting yeah and so i would i just went through that until at the end something ran and when it ran it painted this thing. It was like a. It it, it painted a, 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 a. I don't know, like a like a triangle or something like that in some magenta colors, and maybe it blinked. And so, I took that and I started changing the code, like flipping like line twenty with line forty and see yeah. what happens. And I didn't know what was what. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, but you know, it just it just it just caught my. And how old were you when you did this? You I were was young. Like eight. Yeah, I was like eight. Wow. I was super super wow. super young. It's funny because, you know, Javier is, is studying computer science now mm -hmm. and 
his sisters when they were little. We, you know, I, I, you know, I put them through to do like girls who code and and, and see if they like any of this yeah. stuff. And they didn't like it. I remember uh, Anna would ask me, "Oh, you know, they're doing this," and I was, and I remember thinking, I mean. If they're not interested, if they if they don't, you know, they don't catch this or whatever. I don't yeah. see any interest is basically what I said. It was like, you know, like when you take the kids to play, like have you ever played soccer forever? And the girls did too. When they finished yeah. their soccer game, they didn't go home to like practice. Code. No, to practice. Oh. Like they didn't go home to like. Oh, you're saying practice soccer. Practice soccer, okay, right? Okay. I was like, well, that tells me how much you, yeah. you know, how much yeah. interest you, you, you have in it. I mean, it's fun. You have, yeah. You're having a good time, but you're not like super driven yeah. by it, right? And it was the same to me with code, like. You're not, you know, you're, yeah, not, not. you're not finding it. I found it like fascinating. Now, when I was a little kid, we didn't have all the distractions and kind of fun things that we yeah. have today, right? Like it's play with this computer uh, outside, you know I mean? Yeah. And, and the house or sit outside of the curb waiting for my friends to come home from school, right? Yeah. So, you know. Pick, pick, you don't have TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. all, that's, that's interesting. I had, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near the, developer you are and hopefully i'll be half of one you are one day um but i do i do find joy in it and it it almost sparked like i've never really enjoyed learning too much about anything i think the way a business runs is cool i think those are all good things i think accounting is fundamentally important for anyone trying to run a business and you know it's interesting to see how you can put money here and, and save some money on taxes and how the reports are made and how just a bunch of different things but the one thing when i started to learn how to program about two years ago is that when it for me when it's so satisfying to get to the end point and it's probably it was probably way more satisfying back in the day when there wasn't a tutorial to follow or a forum to look at because unlike today you can probably find 90% of the 90 to 95% of of any question you have about coding software development anything online um, but i would assume back in the day it's like you didn't have, you barely had any resources outside of what was given to you. No, right? no, for sure. Uh, and, 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 and a lot of that isn't, it, you know, some of it is good because you yeah. find your stuff on your own, but most of it isn't great. It's, 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 it's really frustrating to not, you know, spend time on syntax. Um, yeah. rather than, you don't think like that builds character though. I, I, it, it does, but, but it's not necessary to be that for it to be that hard. Right. Like, mm -hmm. You know, you're doing, when you're doing your math homework and, and the teacher's giving you like the 40th problem that it's the same darn thing, mm -hmm. you're like, enough already. I yeah. get it. I get it. Right. Um, but some people need that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, 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 uh, but you have to go through it anyways because there's no other. Right. So there's a lot of times when like, like nothing works. Like software, like development and programming, it can be so utterly frustrating like the, the, it's it's so interesting because in so many ways as a developer you can feel like this great creator um who's spewing like pros of code um, yeah. to develop and, and create these like fantastical things that that and, and 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 mold and bend and shape the computer to do what you want and it feels so powerful and it just so rewarding and it can be that most frustrating thing in the world when it doesn't and it can make you feel like you're an idiot an absolute idiot why did you ever pick up this machine <laughs> you're completely completely incapable of yeah. doing what needs to be done and and you know and those two extremes exist all the time yeah so you know and and when you're 
um, when you're when you're first learning these things, like it it can push you away. It absolutely yeah. can push you away. And I know people that that have been pushed away by by such things. Have you ever taught anyone how to program? Um, huh. I don't know if I've taught people. I've 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 helped people um, solve problems with programming, but they they kind of already knew how it worked. And like the have you heard the rubber duck before? Were you like the rubber duck? Oh, rub, uh, oh, we do that in software all the time. I've been yeah. rubber ducky for many, many, many people, and yeah. many people have been my rubber ducky. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah. Is that what uh, I've heard the term before? I, I always yeah. whenever I talk to one of the guys I work with. He's always like, I'm your, I'm your rubber duck because a lot of times, not just software, anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not just software. Yeah. Like a lot of logic, a lot of math, a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of it is just like, Hey, when you're explaining your problem to somebody, you're kind of like making it clear to yourself. And as you go through the steps, because oftentimes you think, Oh, I've done all these Mm -hmm. and you go through them and it's like, Oh, wait, no, I didn't quite do that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're thinking through what was done or you're thinking through what you're supposed to do and that you know that leads you to to you know to where to go and it it's it's nice when you get into into uh, to a place in programming where 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 you're confident enough that 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 you know you'll find the answer to whatever you're looking for um that there might not be a solution for this um yet but i'm gonna get there or okay, well, uh, if I can't do what I want, then I um then I need to change the parameters of what I need to do, uh, and sometimes a little smoke and mirrors to to you know there's a lot of things that are done, um, you know back in the days in the early internet with 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 video and and graphics and 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 things when there wasn't a, lot, a ton of bandwidth that you 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 know you play all these like tricks to oh let you know you can have a an image of much less resolution that flashes through the screen that you know the human eye picks up a you know much less but, yeah but it lets you do tricks um you're talking about like storage like physical storage on the yes computer. uh not just physical storage but like uh there's there's there were used you know we used to be on 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 modems and the bandwidth to download an image uh, uh it, it it's a while so you might have a, a like a game that you can start you know, you you want to you know load the next scene or whatever, yeah. And and you can't load the entire scene. That poor user is going to be there forever. And so you mm-hmm. you load something that allows them to start while you're while you're you know. And, and so there's there's all kinds of like little smoke and mirrors yeah. that you can do to but now overcome that, some uh, of the shortages. Nowadays, yeah. who cares? You have the bandwidth <laughs> yeah. of, of, of of forever, right? Like, it's yeah. you know not forever, but let's let's talk about that. Um, how has it changed? Because you were. I mean, first off, you weren't always a software developer when you got out of college. No. You were a mechanical engineer, right? Right, right. I I studied mechanical engineering. I um, I studied fluids and how you're talking about literal fluid. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, how what you know how a fluid flows. Like in this room, the fan is flowing, and if I wanted to make a model of, you know, how fast does that fan need to sp- need to like spin for uh. for this table to uh, be able to remove or absorb a certain amount of heat at a certain uh, number of times. Let's say these lights were really bright, yeah, and and you wanted to to have better ventilation or or, or making sure that your computer is is in an environment that can stay cool. 
um, then then I could, you know, we could make a model of this room and then the fan and how things move and what temperatures happen and what's the pressure gradient in the room, things like that. And that uh, that uh, that pro problem is tackled uh, via the Navier-Stokes equation. And so I, I, I spend time um, figuring out how to solve the Navier-Stokes equation numerically using using computers. So I stayed uh, the computational part of it, right? It's like I stayed I stayed on on computers. Like I used to write uh, Fortran code to solve these things numerically. So I, I so I started programming. Even though I, I, I'd been programming, um, I, I, I made that kind of a, a big part of my, of my master's thesis. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, I, and the first job you got out of was, was, was related to mechanical engineering, though. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My first job was not just related to mechanical engineering. It was like it was doing what I was doing in, in college. Uh -huh. my, my first job... I worked with a company called the Riva, which is the one that took me to. Are they to, still around? To um, to they're, they're, yeah, they got a, they were acquired by um, a company called EDF um, Electricité de France, um, uh, the 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 French part of it, and then the American uh, part of it became, uh, I believe, Orano. It's who they are today. Or maybe they're back to Framatome. It used to be Framatome before Arrivas. And what exactly do they do on a high level? Uh, we were a nuclear uh, 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 OEM, original equipment, right? We used to design nuclear power plants. That, uh, that was, um, the company was originally uh, Babcock and Wilcox that I joined. Um, and the French, so um, France as a country, I think somewhere around 87% of the electricity com comes from nuclear power. Like the, the French realized uh, very early on that as far as resources go, you know, France doesn't have that many for, for, for energy. So, you know, they don't have any petroleum and coal is limited. Um, so they didn't have a lot of, uh, a lot of options. So they, they singled out nuclear as kind of like the way for the country to move forward with, with electrical power. And, and even to this day, even to this day, they're, they're, they're doing oh, yeah, yeah. nuclear energy. To this day, um, a huge percentage, I've been, I think it's still somewhere in the, I, you know, well, I haven't checked. You, it was, like it majority? was uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they have, so they have uh, a lot of, uh, of nuclear power, um, uh, nuclear power plant capacity and, 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 and knowledge. So, um, you know, it's funny. I, I studied, um, I studied fluids, and uh, and and like I said, we, you know, we, um, you know, I I I thought I really liked solving these mathematical equations of of Navier-Stokes, uh, of partial differential equations that I found fascinating. I still do. I think they're they're just beautiful. Like the kinds of things that, that, that come out of these things is just absolutely, uh, absolutely beautiful. Turbulent flow is, is just a marvel uh, and just a, a, a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, to this day, like if I'm driving on the highway when it's, when it's a big rain, I love watching uh, like a big truck and watching like the, the, the rain kind of sway back and forth off the tail of a truck as you see kind of like vortices of, 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 of wind that, that take the water and make it kind of sideways as a, as a truck moves down on a highway on a rainy day. And that is just turbulent flow, turbulent flow. That's turbulent flow. That's an example of turbulent flow. Uh, yeah, you have, you know, there's a lot of examples. But like, you know, something as simple as, a you know, 
you you have a candle here um you know turn off the candle and you just see the the, the smoke rise yeah. and and so it starts out as a beautiful laminar just just kind of this this thing and then it turns turbulent then it goes you know crazy crazy patterns uh, chaos absolute chaos uh irreproducible uh, not two are ever the same and you can't can you get a grasp on that with your formula you were talking about? Is that right. what you so, were trying to so do? So we were trying, you know, so you do simulations to predictive to, to, to do right. And like I said, it's not, um, even nature doesn't reproduce those, um, uh, well. So, oh. uh, there's a lot of variables with, you know, turbulent for flow is, is chaotic. And so, um, you know, there, there are limitations to what you can predict in, 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 in code, but, but you know, but that's what, but that's what I did, and that's what I, I thought I, I enjoyed doing. Uh, turned out that, um, you know, when I first started in the industry, um, the hard part was solving those those equations. Um, it, it took, you know, it would take, um, you know, months running of of supercomputers to to like solve for like a you know in my day it's like four seconds of a simulation uh of 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 some part in a in, you know inside of a nuclear power plant doing something and uh you know I, you know at the beginning that that was that was you know super expensive and like six months solving on uh, you know computers churning and for four seconds of for four seconds of analysis of results and then you would take that and apply it to some sort of system or something i'm assuming right so you're trying to figure out something about the system and you're doing this simulation to see if if you know it's you know what what's happening or, or what could happen or does this have uh, any similarity similarity to how it's done today or is it completely different uh boy i've, I've been removed for 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 10 years um but i bet it hasn't i'm, I'm sure it has changed it hasn't probably hasn't changed a ton mm. um you know, we, we still use, we, we, you know, we're probably better at initial conditions of, of these kinds of problems than, than when I started. And, and hopefully there's some, um, you know, uh, a neural network, uh, being used to, to so kind of like, yeah, for the, for the initial or and boundary conditions, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's happening already or has happened. And, uh, so, so there was a lot of, you know, but, but the, but the point is that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't use neural networks back then because we didn't have the computational power. So the computational power has just, you know, is, 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 you know, tremendously greater today. So the problem isn't so much solving those equations. Uh, it's just that when I solve them, now I end up with like, you know, terabytes and petabytes of data. That's the next step on top of a terabyte, a petabyte? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, whatever, 10 to the whatever, you know, add three to that is petabyte. Uh, um, so, um, so, so when you end up with this much data, like I, I, when I first got into the industry, you know, we would write Fortran code to, to wrote, to solve these, this partial differential equations. And then we would use Microsoft Excel to consume the result. Uh, and like I was, you know, that, that wasn't going to work. So uh, it's just a, not, it breaks. Yeah. You can't, you can't put that much, right. You mm -hmm. can't have, uh, data of, of that magnitude so i started um besides programming to solve these equations um by the time i got into industry th there was you know you weren't really programming the system that solves the equations you were programming how you model the boundary conditions we were writing code that the solvers the the industrial software 
would use to model these things and you know there's all kinds of, of, of interesting things with that but uh, you know that that part where you know you're 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 solving you know you're you're programming to solve and, and mimic something of a simulation was interesting I I really I really kind of enjoyed though programming to uh, process the results to the post process to say okay what what are, what is this huge amount of information what does the system look like what do we have and and i and you know and, and so i started making visualizations I, I started to make animations of what this thing oh, wow. is doing and uh, well that's a common that's that's what you know uh in 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 france i used to joke that cfd which is what i did uh, uh stood for color for directors um, it's a, it's a very standard process to, to make, uh, plots and charts and images of the things that you, mm. that you would model because we would make 3d models. We would make a 3d model of this room and, yeah. you know, but, but being able to capture how the air moves through here, those are difficult, um, um, simulations because like you, you can't see air moving. Right. So, okay. but I have to make something that shows air moving. Right. And so how you, how you visualize the things that you want to capture how do you visualize the pressure gradients in the room uh the the the, the changes in time of how things are. so uh i i found that to be just really cool um it was like uh you know somewhere in my life in my childhood i thought always thought i wanted to do computer animation oh, okay. and it kind of it kind of harkened back to that for me uh that that i was like oh this is kind of like you know the animation that i kind of wanted to do um and uh, my first year working for for Arriva in Virginia, I, I learned uh, I learned Python. I, I picked up Python because because a colleague um, uh, still still fairly new at the time. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it probably wasn't even Python two yet. I don't know, maybe. I mean, we're talking about uh, the year two thousand two, so you know, Python came out in like early nineties, right? Right. Python came out, I think, in 92, 93. A lot of the languages came out in that, that yeah, time, right? It's a, it was a fertile time mm. for languages, yeah. But So you learned Python, and what did you do with that? So with Python, I was basically reading results from a, from, from a disk, you know, and, and, and parsing them out. Like, okay, what's, you know, I want to make an image of what the pressure look like. I want to make graphs mm -hmm. of what these things, and... And, you know, you would do these kind of like, uh, you're, you, you, like I said, you have, you know, terabytes of data. Yeah. And, and you would eventually kind of sift your way through them to see, okay, can, what, what's going on here? Can I paint a picture? And so you would do this in, in, in waves, like, okay, let me see what, what's the most generalized view of this, what is going on. And then once you start understanding and seeing what's happening, then you're, then you focus on, oh, there's something strange or a phenomenon happening here. Let's 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 investigate that part further. And uh, oftentimes, when you wanted to investigate something further, you didn't have the results, right? Your 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 model didn't quite capture the resolution needed for something, and so you would have to run your analysis again. But this time, like you know, oh, I want to make sure to pay attention to this part over here. So, you know, so that's how I kind of I kind of you know I kind of landed on that on that world. Uh, what happened to me was um, in, in the years that I was in France, um, I kind of, I, I, I really, I really didn't identify myself 
with the nuclear industry uh, as as well. I you know not not that I, I you know I I, I what happened was that I worked with people who were super passionate about the nuclear industry and I'm fi- and, and I, again, this is like, I started back then in 2002, uh, and I was there till almost 2012. So almost 10 years. Um, I worked with people who were super passionate and felt that nuclear, nuclear power was the solution to the world's energy crisis. And, and also it was, um, you know, kind of, you know, the, 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 the solution for the, for the, for the, um, uh, global warming and carbon footprint, mm-hmm. right? Something to, 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 to make that go away. And I always felt like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be a solution. And I, I didn't really like it to be the only solution to those problems. Right. Um, uh, and, and because I, uh, you know, the, the, as an industry, uh, you know, we were super, um, we're super safety conscious, right? We were, you know, making sure that everything that we do uh, is for the, you know, the, to make sure that accidents don't happen, that there aren't spills, that you're, you know, you're, you're as an engineer, you want, you want safety, right? You want to yeah. make sure that things go well. But, but things went wrong, like, often um man, that's not that's not true it's not that things went wrong often but when they went wrong you know it it, it happened um with with great risk and um and in a world where we were moving from accidents could happen to to terrorism uh because again i started in 2002 and and you know short that's shortly after 9 11 uh uh when you think about uh these structures in the in the in the light of of somebody purposely trying to to destroy, to alter, to sabotage, to yeah. to damage, I guess a lot different. Like the risk is 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 much higher uh, and 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 much more difficult to to keep safe. Although we haven't had a, a, any any real issues in, as far as um, sabotage goes. Um, but um, but I you know I think I think it happened to me while I was in. Well, I was in France, uh, I think it was 2009 that we had the BP oil spill. Yeah, the big one on Tampa, right? Yeah, yeah, off the, on the Gulf Coast. And I remember, like, the ire in me. Like, I was just so angry. You know, I thought, like, who who gives these, these people the right to mess with, with my waters, with our waters? Like, I grew yeah. up with these waters and, and our vegetation and our food, our plant life, our our wildlife was that because of a lack of understanding of some sort of i guess uh model of some sort or is is that some sort of technical error bp or was that a physical error no i mean it was it was an accident it was an accident i don't really that purely that it was an accident is somebody you know there was uh, i'm sure there's uh, documentaries made about it I don't remember, uh, but but there wasn't there was an accident. It was a fair accident. Not not you know. I don't think there Nothing was any malicious. malicious. Absolutely, you know, you don't do something like that. Uh, yeah. Sabotage your your company and and yeah. and, and that and was crazy. I remember and, it was crazy. Right, it was it was awful. But I remember thinking like, who gives the, these people the right to mess with my environment, yeah. our environment, like. And I thought it was so unfair. Like uh, you know, the U.S. benefited from cheap electricity and cheap petroleum right because that that was ours and we were mining right we were we were taking it out and it was being 
um, uh, processed in, 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 you know, in, in the Gulf Coast. Uh, we, we benefited from jobs, we benefited from energy, we benefited from uh, uh, an ecosystem, an economy that went ab about that, right? For years, years, right? And yet, when it came time to pay for the damages, right? Well, you know, Cuba is paying the damages as well. Mexico is paying, all of Central America, you know, parts of South America, uh, the Caribbean, and, and, and further, right? We don't really know how, how hard it was. And then there was all this, like, um, hiding of, of things, right? Like, they, you know, people weren't as, you know, you, you didn't trust that people were being forthcoming with, with things. And it just, it just made me angry. Like, you know, we benefited from all this. All these people and, and everybody has to pay the, the consequences, right? That's just, that's just effed up. I was, I was angry. Yeah. I, I was just mad. Like, make, make BP, like pay some sort of reparations. I, I don't know there was like you know uh, there was, it was it was a dark time right i was just, i was just angry like like how far are we willing to go and like i don't know you know you get into like freaking capitalism and all of the things that happen right well fast forward a year fukushima happens in japan and all of a sudden it's like oh who gives us the right that was because of nuclear accident yeah, yeah. i don't was, that. so fukushima happened because there was a what's a marimoto is a what's the you know the sea comes in what's a uh, tsunami tsunami thank you so it was a tsunami mm -hmm. uh and and it 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 damaged the 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 it, it cut power to a nuclear power plant and it drowned the backup power of the nuclear of the of the nuclear power plant. So now you don't have power, and, and you don't have backup power, and and things fell. So, so the the point was there was a there was basically a, a a breach of containment, and you now have fission material going into the ocean. Okay. And it was it was a very similar phenomenon, right? Yeah. Equally had, as tragic. I, equally as tragic. You had Japan who benefited from like you know for like forty years of cheap electricity. Yeah. Right. But only Japan benefited from that electricity. Right. But here's China, Korea, right. Uh, Australia, New Zealand on the, on the other side of the Pacific. We, we even saw uh, like readings in of, California, of, in California and Peru, oh, Ecuador, wow. Argentina, uh, Chile. Uh, there, there was signs of radiation from, from, from these things. Right. And, and very similarly, um, the Japanese government was very secretive about what was happening. And like, I, I had worked on something called severe accidents. Um, I worked in a, in a, in a team, uh, whose job was, Hey, let's assume everything goes wrong in a nuclear power plant, everything that can go wrong. And you start with, you have a meltdown. What happens next? Right. And I specifically, uh, was working uh, on something called hydrogen combustion. And, and because when, um, uh, I mean, I don't want to go into all this stuff, but, but when fission material hits concrete and actually hits almost anything, it's so hot that everything just decomposes to, to, to original elements. So you basically get hydrogen out of concrete, hydrogen gas, right? But there's not enough oxygen for it, for it to combust. Um, uh, and so even though it's very hot, it won't explode because there's no oxygen for the hydrogen to combine with. Right. But it, but there, but then it reaches a point somewhere out of containment 
where that hydrogen reaches enough oxygen, it's hot enough, yeah. and you'll have uh, a combustion, and you have in the ignition, right? Just random explosions. Well, in inside of the containment building. Okay. And so, as we're watching, um, as we're watching what 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 happened, you know, there was an explosion. I saw it. The first thought I had, and I, you know, I didn't. Um, and, and you I didn't worked, have any evidence. You worked in the office too, or right? you weren't working from home at this point. No, this was like two thousand. So you, your life was at risk? No, no, no. Fukushima happened in Japan. No, but I mean, you no, said you I'm, saw explosions. No, so on, on TV, you would see the, the reports on this stuff. Okay. I've never been okay. close to, like, even anywhere close to harm. Gotcha. I mean, I'm a, a, a simple engineer. Okay. I stay away from real stuff. Gotcha. Mostly theoretical. But anyways, but I had done analysis. And so when this thing, I saw, that, you know, part of some parts of the containment uh, building and or, or, or some, some structures in the nuclear plant facility, blow up and my first thought oh that could be a hydrogen combustion uh, um, uh result and 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 so you know the the japanese uh government or or i don't know if it was the government or the uh, or, or the entity that owned the nuclear the, the the fukushima power plant um they were not as forthcoming with data and we knew we could tell that they weren't uh being uh honest uh because we have experts and and, and, and and we could tell. But anyways, here you have a country uh, who's, who, you know, it's a first world country, right? It, 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 here's somebody who has the capacity and here we were, you know, trying to sell this technology to to other countries, right? And I, I, I just felt like, um, I don't know, I don't think the world um, uh, handle can handle it in this way. Now, um, I think I think uh, fortunately in that in the in the industry they they're moving to more modularized things where you think of a of a power plant more like a battery, you know uh, we come we drop it off and you plug to it for fifteen years and in fifty years we'll come and pick it up and 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 we'll take care of of the of the mess right we'll clean it up we'll change it we'll we'll do it so I think that's a better model than than uh, you know building a nuclear power plant in a country that doesn't have the infrastructure to, 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 to support it properly or, or doesn't have the safety culture to, to support it properly. So after all of this happened and all of the, I guess, controversial stuff, that's what made you say, I'm going to put my foot down and, and I just, I was, I, I think when I put the lights on me and said, who gives us the right to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, then it was just like, Oh, what the heck? And, and, and at that point, like I, I just, I take a look at my career and I, and what I'm doing and who I'm working with. And I, and I know how passionate my colleagues are about this stuff. And, you know, there's something brings you clarity, uh, is when you work with somebody who's passionate about something, you can tell that you are not right. When, when you see somebody, somebody who's working, who's passionate about what they do and who loves what they do. Right. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not yeah. as passionate. I mean, I like this stuff, it's but not I'm it. not, it's, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't drive me. And I was just like, wow, I need to change. Yeah. I need to, I need to, I need to do something else. Um, you know, I was, I was working in France. I, I you know, that kind of came to me. I, I didn't know I was, that I was going to act on it. I, I knew I wanted to, but at the time, the only way I knew to, to, to change was, um, you know, to go back to school you know, and, and maybe study something else or, or make changes. But, uh, you know, as you know, my, you know, your, your cousins had already been, you know, born. We have three kids living in, in France and, and, and going back to school wasn't really a, a real option. And, 
And I just kind of pushed it into the back of my head and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to grind and, and get through this. And then, you know, but, but keep thinking about what you want. Uh, in 2010, I attended uh, a scientific um, Python conference, SciPy 2010, in fact. So Python, real quick, Python was your preferred and my go to language. language. Yeah, my go to language. Awesome. I had left Fortran behind. Python was what I loved. That's cool. What I loved coding in. Yeah, it's very useful. Uh, it's I super useful. Just started learning a little bit about it um, in August and. It's really, really cool. Yeah, no, I, I never understood the hype behind it, and now I, no, I it's do. fantastic. I, you know, I, I, I love the language. I, I sometimes hate the users because Python is like a hammer and everything looks like a nail. Uh, so that, you know, it's a little annoying on on the user base, uh, as opposed to say like JavaScript, where they know their language sucks, mm -hmm. and so they're not, you know, they're they're. I don't know that the attitude is different towards, you know, there's great stuff that comes, but they yeah. understand all of the things that, that you shouldn't do. And like, there's a lot of holes to this language. And, you know, the Python folks tend to be like, Python can do everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's also, I think Python's a bigger community overall in the, in that space. If, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I know JavaScript has a, has well, a scientific. Huge, yeah, yeah. The scientific community. Because Python's not only, huge. I mean, I don't want to say that, people in finance and accounting don't use JavaScript. Maybe they do for some things, but I know a lot of people from the business side of things who go to school have learned Python in school. Yeah. It's kind of bleeding into other areas like data analysis for yeah. financial professionals and whatnot. All right. So when it comes to, 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 to languages, I, so I, 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 I came from, um, you know, Fortran was what I, I, I cut my teeth in, 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 in the industry, right? That that was yeah. my first professional language was Fortran. Uh, and when you come from a compiled language, um, and you understand how fast it is, right? And all these people are telling you these things about Python, and you're like, oh, it doesn't quite do things as fast as you. And you know, there's limitations to how what, what to do, and uh, you know, the, the objective was well, you you write what you can in Python, and what's slow, you 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 know, you write it in C or something else, and link link to it and it's kind of similar to what um uh, numpy does and and whatever back in the days numaray and and some of the previous ones was so, pandas always around as no 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 that's no. fairly new right no pandas is yeah fairly it wasn't around when i you know uh, when i started using python pandas was not around um it came it, um i don't know how much later uh, but i came i came to uh i came to pandas uh I'm trying to think if it was um, Pandas itself or a predecessor of Pandas um, because um, SciPy um, existed um, for a long time before Pandas um, and a, lo a lot of those things kind of, I, I don't know how much of those libraries were reused or, or were packaged together. Um, but yeah, but but um, but Pandas was not around when, when I started um uh, and and SciPy was kind of uh, you know just kind of taken off, okay. Uh, and so and SciPy was the conference that I that I attended, uh, and it was our first year or something like that. Or was uh, I don't remember. I, I I no, it wasn't their first year. Uh, I don't know what number it was, but uh, they had been around for for a few years before. I'm I'm certain. Um, uh, th this was Euro SciPy 2010. Uh, and it was in Paris. Um, but anyhow, I'm attending that conference. And two guys um, 
stand up to do, you know, they, they, two guys give presentations, two separate presentations at different points. Uh, the first guy comes up and he starts talking about um, biotech in general, you know, and how they're using, you know, Python in, in, in biotech. I'm riveted by their talk. I had no clue um, that, you know, the state of biology, this, I had not had, you know, as a, as a mechanical engineer, um, I had not had a biology class since high school. Like I didn't have any biology in college. Mm -hmm. Most of my stuff was, you know, chemistry. Um, but did, I didn't have a, a solid biology class in college, you know? So my knowledge of biology was, you know, the cell mitochondria, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the chromosomes, you know, DNA, you know, whatever. I, I wasn't, you know, my biology back when, when I was in high school was much more of a memorization kind of field and I wasn't good at memory. So I wasn't really interested, man. And these guys start talking and the, and, and the dude presents like, um, uh, the cell as a computer and DNA as the programming language of that computer. Mm -hmm. And it just floored me. I was like that. How do I do that? What the heck? Yeah. And it just, it just, it, it grabbed me. Um, and so I wanted, you know, I wanted to do, I, I, how do I do that? How do I, what, you know, what can I, you know, how, can I make a switch in my career? How do I, how do I go about this? Um, it's 2010. I'm still in France. My contract, um, it was going to expire in, in 2011. So I'm, I'm still kind of going through the year, still thinking I wanted to leave, um, the nuclear industry, but not really taking any action. I thought, um, maybe I'll, 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 um, uh, sharpen my um my software skills because uh, i was certainly the you know i was at, at at my job i was the guy who took care of the computers i was the guy who maintained you know i was the system administrator of the server i was the it on on, on the, top of on, whatever you were doing right right so my my teammates would use the computers to solve the problems i was the one running the computers on top of solving similar kinds kinds of problems um you know it's something that i that i that i always enjoy doing and i thought um, maybe I can take more of a role in that direction, uh, in, when I come back, uh, from, from France, when I come back to the, to the U S to, to kind of sharpen my skills in, in, in software. Um, I thought, um, wow, can, you know, I've been doing computational fluids forever. Can I do computational biology? Like how hard could that be? Very stupid, uh, comment because, or thought, because, everything in biology is about knowledge of biology, computational biology. Uh, you know, you know, you can't code something you don't understand. Uh, uh, whereas, you know, with fluids, I'm trying to solve Navier-Stokes equation. I thought, Hey, maybe in biology, I have another equation that I can, that I can yeah. solve. I'm just solving a different equation, but you know, these are processes and these are, you know, you really need to understand how it works. Right. All I know is that a T C G right. A goes with T and mm -hmm. C goes with G and vice versa. Um, so, um, so I just kind of thought, let me, let me, let me become a software, uh, like, like increase my software strength and power. Like, let me do, let me be more of a software engineer, uh, to broaden my horizon and see where it goes. So, uh, so with the company that I was working for, uh, Ariva and Framatome at the time, um, I think it was Ariva. Uh, we went through different names. Um, when I started, the company was Framatome AMP. Uh, then it became Ariva, which was the name of the parent company. Um, and then uh, they were uh, acquired by EDF. So eventually, 
part of EDF, and then Orano was the one that in the U.S. I, I forget. I, I stopped following. But um, you know, I I I um, oh, I lost my thread on that one. You were talking about your introduction to the bio biotech oh biotech company mm. the company you were working for oh so well correct uh, yeah something i don't know i was going somewhere with the fact that it wasn't a rio but anyways i come back to the states and and i uh i try to get a position all right i try to get a position in the company that allowed me to move more towards software but um the company was moving in a direction where um back in the early 2010s there was a lot of cyber attacks and there were data breaches and our company perhaps had been breached i forget or somebody had been breached or some other company had been breached and we were like really uh you know weary and and so uh we went from like our engineers like uh, you know being the administrators of their computers to um, your computer is no longer your computer. You're just a user on a computer and IT department manages it. And when you want to install software, then you have to ask for permission. Yeah. And man, and it just made my life impossible because every little piece of software that I needed to install, yeah. uh, you know, I would say, Hey, I'm doing this. And they would ask, well, why are you going to do that? And I'm like, it's not your job. It's mine. Yeah. Like, like, do you, do you know what I'm doing? Do you understand? And then I have to, well, well, we asked because for this kind of problem, people usually use this software. And I'm like, that software's crap. I'm not using that. Gotcha. And so it, it just became like, oh, Jesus, like I'm, I'm, this is like, if they're going to do this now, like, um, I, I, I can't, I can't work. I can't work like this. I can't, you know, the part of my job that I really enjoyed, the exploratory nature of taking open source code to, to see how it can be applied and what's available and what's the state of the art, what are people doing for solving whatever, you know, they were making it a little more difficult for me. And it was just like, it became clear that, that no, one no, wasn't I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, at this point I'm in Boston. We moved back to the U S mm -hmm. uh, my con my contract ended in France and we had the opportunity to live uh, in um, San Jose, California, or Boston, uh, Massachusetts, Marlboro, Massachusetts, to be specific, is where the company was, where the, the offices. Because uh, we didn't want to go back to Virginia because we just, um, you know, we lived in Paris for, 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 for almost four years. And, and Lynchburg, Virginia just wasn't, you know, didn't wasn't, cut, wasn't, cut it wasn't cutting it anymore. And so, you know, so, so, um, the opportunity in, in, in San Jose was interesting. Um, it was a part of the company that was doing solar, um, using, uh, solar, uh, mirrors to warm up, um, uh, water basically to power a steam. So it's another form of, of energy creation, which was super interesting. Uh, but they weren't, uh, they weren't quite ready to, to like, make offer or, or, or they weren't quite clear what the position was going to be. And, and, and the position in Boston was, was really clear what I was going to do and, and who I already knew who I would be working with. So, uh, there was some level of fam familiarity. And then on top of that, we always, you know, we had just lived in France for a few years and it was, you know, it was really hard during those years, uh, for the communication with the family because, you know, we're, we're six hours apart. And, and that time shift is, it was brutal. Um, and, and coming back to Boston, it's the same time, right? So 
grandma can talk with the grandkids mm-hmm. Uh, you know, without thinking about it. Whereas before it was really, really problematic. It was tough, like, yeah. yeah, it was tough. The kids would get back from school. Yeah, and they'd be asleep. And, and, and you're, yeah, or, 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 or the, or the other way around. And so, um, so it was, so, you know, so at the end, you know, Boston wins and uh, I, you know, we, we, we liked the city, so we wanted to live close to Boston. So, which is why we moved to Newton uh, instead of Marlboro. Um, so, you know, as close to Boston as we could and with good schools and, uh, you know, a place we liked. Um, and so when we, when we ended down there, you know, uh, very shortly after, after I took the job, my boss quit. Um, and I mean, it was after Fukushima. So, uh, you know, the, the, the industry was kind of tightening up uh, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and my boss left to go somewhere. I forget which company, but it was somebody who, with whom I wanted to work with or wanted to work for. And it just kind of signaled that like, okay, really, you gotta, you gotta, Bounce. You got to bounce. You got to, you got to do something. Um, so I started, uh, so I started looking, I started interviewing and I, and I thought I would, I would, you know, Hey, let's give this, um, computational biology a try and, and, and see. Uh, and so when I, when I kept, um, when I, when I went to do the things about, about, uh, uh, you know, where I want to work, what I want to do, um, I just started interviewing. I, 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 you know, I, I did a ton of interviews. I mean, 15 or 20 interviews probably on like trying to land something that was software related. I wanted to like really grow as a developer, as a software developer, because I really enjoyed programming. And I, I, I enjoyed writing programs more than I enjoyed solving partial differential equations. Like that was clear to me. So let's let's go in that direction. Software engineering or, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to get, uh, uh, computational biology that computational biology was like th- that was very clear from the beginning nobody cared like uh, i put my resume out nobody nobody cares which is it's it's right right like i don't know anything about biology nobody's gonna want it but whatever in my hubris i thought i've been doing computational fluids forever how hard could this other one be um but nobody took so i'm like okay software let's go all in so i'm doing interviews and, and i'll never forget it i'm i'm sitting on 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 an interview and somebody is looking at my resume and it's like, Oh, you do big data. And I was like, uh, excuse me. And I was like, Oh, what was that again? Big data. I'm like writing a big data, big data. You said big data. All right. Whatever that is. And, and, and the guy's like, Oh, well, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. I, whatever that interview was, I didn't get it. They didn't want me. It was like, just not, not, not but he goes like big data. I'm like, I go home and I Google it's 2011 and I Google big data. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking and, I'm, and like they have a bullet of stuff that, you know, these people do and what the career and blah, blah. And I'm like, I do that. I do that. I know how to do that. I know how to do that. I've done that many times. This is, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm down the list. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I do. Like, I know. All right. Took my resume. I was like, already, let's yeah. change this up. And I am now somebody who does big data. And I, you know, put these things, take the same experience and just highlight the things that, you know, what code, you know, what software I'd used. And, uh, and so I, I, I started interviewing again and I did a bunch more interviews and, uh, and interviewing, you know, it's, it's a tough process. Like, yeah, you get rejected all the time. You, you, you don't know the language. I didn't know, but you don't know the language of, of the field you're trying to break into. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you say things that, or, or people ask you things that don't quite make sense. You don't answer the you questions they want to hear. You don't sound as smart as, as you know, you know, 
then somebody says something and you don't quite get it and you kind of bounce around, but then you go home and you look up exactly what they were asking. And you're like, oh, damn it. I know yeah. that. That's just this. The I just didn't know the words. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I did a bunch of those and eventually, you know, you start, you start, you start understanding the language. You start becoming familiar with these things. And, and, and so I, I end up, um, getting a job offer from, uh, what was at the time, um, Yobot, a startup first time I, you know, and a startup was just an exciting thing for me. Right. And I had startup culture was, was, you know, just full force by, by 2011. And, and that's when startups were like kind of a big thing. Oh, it's, it was, it was, it was the, yeah, it was, it was apps, really cool. It was really stuff, cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Like, uh, Silicon Valley. Was yeah. Netflix was still a startup, right? Like, um, Facebook was, uh, Facebook was not public yet. They were, I don't know if they were considered a startup, but Twitter as well. You got all these, all these. And so, um, Uber too, uh, Uber as well. Yeah. The, all of these, like, um, I remember where we, where the place where I started, um, we were using the tech stack of, of, of Twitter. Like we were, we were using the same kind of technology that Twitter was using. What was that? So we were using something called storm and, um, um, which, you know, uh, we were using Hadoop to, um, to kind of crunch through, through big numbers. So let me tell you about Yobot. So Yobot was this place. It gave me the, my, 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 my first break into software engineering. And I'm eternally grateful uh, to them for that because it they're was still, they still wonderful. No, nah, they, they dissolved. Yeah. They, they didn't make it. Um, it was, it was great, but you know, the competition was, uh, was Google. So uh, we were in web advertising and, uh, and, and it was, it was, you know, uh, the, the, I think at the end face, uh, Facebook was really the one that, that, that ended up, um, being the killer of, of, of Yobot, but, um, it was a, it was a fantastic experience. Um, it's, it's, it's the first time I'm, um, you know, I'm writing code, um, for, for other software engineers, right? I used to write code for mechanical engineers and electrical engineers and, and whatever. And they just grab what I take and these, you know, these software engineers just took me to pieces just like yeah. bleeding all over my code. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. This, oh, what is this? Well, just like rip me apart. Yeah. Um, the, the, that first year was hard. Um, I felt, I, I certainly felt like I didn't belong, but, uh, but they were patient with me. Um, uh, I, I, I learned a ton. I mean, I think of, of Yobot as my second master's really, but a master's in computer science. Yeah. And super interestingly was, um, again, I took this job in 2012. Um, you know, I was used to running servers. I was used to being the system administrator. So I'm coming in here. I'm like, oh, where are the computers? We're, we're, we were in this, in the, um, in the attic of a copy center in Maynard, uh, Massachusetts. Like this tiny place. Like I, I go, I go up, um, there's two guys in there and me. We're three. The company has seven people. I'm like, where's everybody else? And oh, everybody's remote. It's like, rem oh, everybody works just from wherever. Yeah, yeah everybody works remote. Uh, 2012 again. Uh, okay, so there's this thing called Campfire. And that's how we used to hmm. chat. You know, yeah, there's a chat, you know, and we have, and all of our documents are on Google Docs. And no, we don't have a server rack. We're using AWS, Amazon Web Services. And I knew what Amazon Web Services was because I thought it was cool. I had heard about it, uh, but I, I didn't know, no, like I, I had never used it. 
And so, you know, here's the, here's the account join. You're going to learn how to spin up you know, easy to instances and run this. And so, you know, I learned how to, you know, build a system and a stack on, on a remote server, me, on a remote server on, on, on the AWS. Um, and, and it, it really just kind of, it, it, it just opened my eyes to the kinds of things I could do. I mean, I remember thinking, God, if I was in my old company, like I could, we could start up uh, like all of this computational power we could use without any initial overhead yeah, yeah. for, for any of the CFD workloads that we were doing. And was that always a concern with budgeting and stuff like that? No, it, it really wasn't. I, but it was a pain in the ass when you wanted to run things and mm. all the, all the clusters yeah. are busy. Uh, you, you can get your work done, but it I wasn't mean, as the, efficient. It w absolutely wasn't as efficient. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sometimes you didn't really need a supercomputer to do what you need. You just needed some nodes Quick. to do stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, you know, this person is taking up 64 cores of some like supercomputer that we, you know, Beowulf cluster that we had to, to take care of something. And, and it's like, and then uh, also physical maintenance on this stuff. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When I used to, when we, when, when, when I was in France, there was a dedicated team that took care of that. That was great. Uh -huh. And they had, a, they, they, they were the ones that ran a, a Beowulf cluster. And, and, you know, I, I remember having a, a machine with 32 gigabytes of RAM thinking, holy shit, this is the greatest amount of, of thing I've ever seen. Like they'll never surpass this. Like I knew they would, but yeah. you know, it's like, like Nowadays, unbelievable. It's like, oh, you get your laptop with, with yeah. you know, double that, uh, quadruple that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I get to this place there, you know, uh, you know, no, you know, no computers, like nobody's in the office. Um, uh, we were three guys in the office and we, we were all young dads. Um, so the, the, the schedule was like, Hey, you know, you come in, you do your work, but, um, I got to, you know, it's like, oh, I got to go pick up my, my daughter after school, blah, blah, blah. It, it, was, it was just great because we would literally work from 10, 30, 11 a.m. until about 4.30 or 5. Uh, we would leave, go do things in our lives, right? Be, be dad, do parenting stuff. And like once the kids are asleep, 9.30, 10, we would all jump back online and continue our work day. Up, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was just like um you know it was it was at the time that flexibility was awesome yeah. it was awesome and and i'm learning a ton and i'm i'm and i'm you know i'm i'm getting like hammered by these like real software engineers that that are teaching me great things and i'm learning uh great things and i'm 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 eternally grateful and that was you know a great period of my life um it was a hard period of my life because i you know i i Push yourself. Yeah, they. I was. Yeah, I was pushed. I was pushed. Um, it was hard. You. You know. You doubt yourself a lot. You know, because uh, there's uh, tons of things you don't. Imposter really, syndrome. I think is what oh, they good call. Good lord, yeah. through the roof. Imposter yeah. syndrome. I mean, I was an imposter, right? I've been like, well, yeah. I've never done this, so uh, <laughs> all right, let's go. Yeah. Um, we went, and and they were like crazy. We would take crazy chances. Uh, this this is not going to resonate with you, but. Um, we would change our stack on an instant when a problem, when something didn't work, it was like, okay, this is, let's abandon this. And you said like, we would, we changed databases. I went through so many databases while working at Yieldbot. And it was, it's just, it, it was just so refreshing to see like, oh, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And fearless in that way. 
um, and 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 not just with technology. Like I, when I started there, like I'm I'm a Python guy. Like that's what we did, and and that's what I did, and 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 you know we needed to switch to JavaScript for like seventy or eighty percent of our base of our of our code, and some of the other some things remain in Python. That was before ES six. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, before ES six. I mean, ES six was kind of uh, a, a, a roaring its head, like like it's coming. But that uh, changed a lot in JavaScript, right? Um, or not much. Well, maybe I, syntactically. I, I mean, that's uh, all I've ever I known. Mean, so, <laughs> um, we were already using other things, anyways. Um, um, so we the, the they they were very big on 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 functional paradigms. Um, where, where at, at Yobot, uh, and so that that has a lot of had a lot of influence on my career as far as how how I code and what I choose to use, and and JavaScript um, we were very functional like in quotes we we wrote functional style code with JavaScript, um, uh, and and used it and 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 so at the time I was using Node.js, um, and. You know, Node.js almost not not Node.js itself, but JavaScript almost broke me. So what happened? Um, you know, the startup, like I said, was you know like amazing for 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 my career. For you know the things that I learned, the things that the, the skill set that I acquired. Um, uh, you know, full cloud engineer now in 2012, 13, 14 when I was there. Um, and 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 data, like I was, you know, we were. Um, we were doing Hadoop. We were doing, you know, big data stuff. Um, what happened was in 2014, uh, another startup, um, you know, contacted me, um, a, a biotech startup. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were looking for somebody that just fit me. Yeah. They were looking for somebody with a scientific uh, background. Um the, you know, and, and the computational fluids and the, and the, you know, the, the physics aspect of that kind of match what they're, you know, they're looking for somebody that, that has the phys the kind of not a physics, but a scientific environment, a scientific background, um, with also experience with the cloud and, and as a, a software engineer. And, you know, it was, it was like, a perfect match and and i you know I, I i talked to these guys and i interviewed and and it was like uh, a no-brainer for me i was like wow um my objective um when i changed to software was to make myself appealing to land in in biotech and uh, bioinformatics and and here i am three years later and the position that i'm being offered is a uh, um uh, a senior software engineer uh, slash uh, bioinformatics analyst, um, and and it, it was just like, wow, like, yeah, this is this is what I wanted. It was um, like the tra training for three years, and then now you're back to where you wanted to be, right? Yeah, uh, and and it was it, and it was awesome, and and so um, this was Gen Nine, and. This company, I mean, it just it floors me to no to no end. Every time I think about it, we um, what we did as a company was, you would order your, um, you know, your your 
your genetic strand, your strand of DNA, your A, T, T, C, C, G, A, T, right? Those base pairs all the way up to 10,000 of them. Uh, you would order what to, to custom and we would make them and deliver them to you in a, in a little vial of, of water. Um, you know, gene printing, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was just like technology out of this world to me. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. believe that this was like, like real, that we were doing that and that, 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 that we could do that and that I could play a, like a, a, a big part in helping this company get to, to do that. Um, super interesting. So most of our, our customers were, uh, academia, uh, tons of, uh, cancer research, right? They, they want to, um, have uh, a genetic type of uh, material to put in, in cells for, you know, whatever experiment that they were doing. Um, and, and so my, my job here is we had these code um, written to, to um, kind of go through the process of how, um, of how this stuff would get built, um, put it through a pipeline, um, calculate, compute, um, the best way to put this thing together um and then and then order the, the 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 components and we were more of an assembler so we were more like putting lego pieces together uh, we would order from a, a, a from a gene printing place like um uh, base pairs up to 128 um base pairs and just kind of put these things together into big long structures you would write software to do that right right and it was custom for each time or was there like some framework that you built to i don't um, even no the software know. the software was was um uh, was pretty general for any for any kind of, of, of thing but there were a lot of you know there are a lot of pitfalls that that could happen you know um you, because you're not just dealing with bits of data um you you have um you know you you have a uh, a living organism uh oh, okay so dna is not a living organism but it's of you know of yeah. of living organisms and you're going to put it in living organisms and these living organisms behave as you know with with some some uh predictiveness but also there there would be some uh chaos that that okay it was just a it was just a fantastic experience i i loved every minute uh that i worked at that place um and I, you know, I, I, I cherish my time um, at, at, at Gen 9. It was, it was, it was just really cool. Work with great people everywhere I've worked. I've worked with fantastic people uh, surrounded by just like, just brilliant minds, man. Like, I don't think I've ever been anywhere where, where I felt I was the smartest guy there. Not even close, not even close, just smart people all around. And that's it's just pretty interesting. Yeah, it's you're so pretty smart. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate yeah. that. But that's like it's really like it's so enriching. To, you know, you just you it's it's super uh, nurturing. Um, it, it, it's just you know you're in a in a vibrant environment, learning all the time, helping people do things that they love, and and I'm you know and 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 I'm and I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm very much enjoying and loving everything, every aspect of what I'm doing. So that time at Gen 9 was great. Unfortunately, um, as startups go, uh, we didn't survive. Um, uh-huh. And so um, one, uh, uh, you know, one uh, winter uh, Christmas of 20, 2016, yeah, 2016, uh, the company 
went under and and so i lost my job and and that was painful and that was sad and 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 i loved that job so it was it yeah was, less it was about the same. money more about the experience you get to have absolutely absolutely it's the first time that i leave a place and not 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 by my will right uh but you know it's it yeah. your time is over you 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 know all the things that i was worried that i needed to do you know for like weeks i'm like oh i gotta finish that oh no no you don't yeah <laughs> no you don't There's was it no like one day one day you walked into the office and they're like hey work shut down yeah it was that quick oh yeah yeah wow we walked in on a friday uh we got an email the the, the maybe the night before um or or the day before about you know you know team general um, all hands meeting which isn't so uncommon yeah though this particular this this one felt felt it and you know i was like oh what's going on here you know mm. and you you know working for a startup uh that's always on your mind you know those things that's how it happens but um yeah but the, the, yeah but it caught it caught me pretty red-handed like just like not ready um and how big was the startup uh i think at the time that we ended we're probably close to 50 okay uh, so it wasn't so small no no when yeah. I started, so unlike, unlike the first one where I was employee number seven and we grew, by the time I left, um, we were probably uh, 50 or 60. Then I switched uh, to Gen 9 and Gen 9 was, I don't know, maybe there were like uh, 30, 32 people when I started and 50 when it, when it went under. Um, you know, it's it was, it was, uh, it, it was slightly at a, it was at a slightly different stage right um but my first one yobot outlived uh my second Out, one outlived. right oh, yeah okay. um so that that's always painful because uh, you know you have you have stock options that i had left on the table with yobot because mm. uh, i left uh, i left before you know i, I your vesting whatever, period before my vesting period was over so uh, not that it mattered because they also went mm-hmm. under and so whatever all, all of these stocks yeah. that i bought were were useless um yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, so when, when that happens and you like have to rethink and whatnot, um, you know, I interviewed again, I was, uh, it was winter time. We weren't ready. I wasn't ready to, to get another job. I was, I liked my job too much. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting, uh, transition here to crypto that happens actually that, that, that uh, we'll have to talk that, about that on a whole right. other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that happened that winter. Uh, that that Christmas actually, but you know I said like I'm not I'm not looking for a job yet. I'm gonna let the I'm gonna come home. We came down here for for the holidays. We spent uh, two maybe three solid weeks down here. You know, spent it with family. It was it was awesome. I think it's like one of those. You know, th- there's a few like real um, uh, all out uh, New Year's parties that my kids remember, mm-hmm. uh, and I think this was this one uh, at Jovi's house. Yeah. Yeah, the one where you uh, gave Javier some uh, some booze. No, nah, that was probably <laughs> not that one then. Probably another one. Maybe, maybe it was. Because that was like nineteen. That was like two thousand nineteen. This must have been before then, right? Uh, this was two thousand. Uh, no, this was two thousand. The year was two thousand sixteen to two thousand seventeen. Yeah, no, that was that was not the that was not the year. But I, we've had some 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 memorable times. Yeah, but. Um, Real quick before we inevitably have to close out this podcast, yeah. um, just wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, kind of the whole environment and space of, of software engineering and 
and where I know you left off last on, and you forgot to include a very prestigious company, but you work for Bose too. A lot of people uh, yeah. know that company. That, yeah, this was the, the the after after I came back from that vacation. Yep. Uh, I got my head on straight and decided that I wanted to work for a more stable company for a bit since the startup kind of yeah. burned me a bit hurt. But um, overall, your experience with software development now being what at least twenty plus years. I mean, including your mechanical engineering because yeah, you said you were writing did, some code. Correct. My entire time. But I was definitely writing. How would you reflect on your last 20 years or so in this career? Um, I mean, I've, I've, um, I've enjoyed uh, everywhere I've worked. Um, I'm, I'm, I always say, however, in my, you know, it's all, about, it's all about the people and who you work with. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to just, I, f- I feel like that's such a cliche, right? Everybody says that I've been fortunate to work, fortunate enough to work with amazing folks, amazing people. Some and people, some people know. And it's, well, I, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been real um, gratifying. Um, and, you know, when, when you're, when you work and when you're doing, and when you're getting things done and when you're trying to push a product or, or, or deliver on a product. Um, your relationships are, are really the most important part. And we can talk about like, you know, you know, some, you know, this company does agile, this other company does scrum or Kanban or this group does this, what, like the most important thing is always the team that you have, you know, what's the, what's the relationship of the team? How well do they trust each other? How well do they lean on each other? How well do they communicate? Like those things are so hard. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work in teams where we were humming and when a machine is well oiled and just beating out good code, good product, like delivering, man, you, you feel like you're on top of the world. Yeah. And it's, and it's great because like you, you might stumble and your, and your colleague catches you and you're like, Hey, we got this and that. Oh, it's like, Oh, great. And then, and you do the same for them, but the machine doesn't stop and you are able to do things. And it's so awesome and, and gratifying to do it, but it's about the people. Like it's never the system that you're using. It's just a tool. Everything is just a tool. What matters is who's holding the tool and how, you, and how people are, are, are using it. Um, and these periods don't last, you know, even uh, at Bose, I work with, a, with a, with a team that for, uh, almost a solid year it was just gold gold just fantastic um but you know uh you know inevitably things change slightly or 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 not um and 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 they don't quite function the same way even with the same people um and 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 you know maybe management changes maybe uh, maybe maybe a team member leaves that w- you know wasn't uh, was more crucial than you thought. Or, or all more, good things well, have to end. Yeah, they do, they do, and and so um, it's 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 hard. So uh, you know, I think I think in my you know in, in, in my career, I, I'd always go back to people. This is you know everything is about relationships and about people, about how how you treat people, how they treat you, how you communicate with them, how, how, how you, how do you, how do you learn to trust, uh, and how do people trust you? Those are things that are never, you know, that, that are the most important things in, in, in any organization, in any team. I've always said, 
that I've, I've never been loyal to a company. I've changed, you know, since, since Arriva, Framatome, you know, spending nearly 10 years with them. Every other company, I maybe spent about three years uh, yeah. with each company with, with, with great people again and great. But, you know, I always say my, my loyalty is not to the organization. My loyalty is to my colleagues, right? Yeah. They're the ones that are in the trenches with you. Yeah. Uh, and they're the ones with whom you, you are accomplishing things, right? And so I work hard for my colleagues, right? Not for whatever um, entity, whatever entity that I may be working for. Yeah. That's um, a good way to put it. And it's, and it's, it's always, you know, it's always paid dividends, right? It, it's, you're, it's always rewarding. And, you know, if things go wrong, hey, you know, I was doing it for my colleagues, you know, and, and it, if it didn't work out, then, you know, then it, then it doesn't work out. Um, but, but I, you know, you do your part and, 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 and your teammates do what they can. Yeah. I'm still young in my career and in my business endeavor. So I haven't really hit that point to where I feel like I've been part of a, a great machine, but I, I hope to, to live and see that I work well with some individuals. Like there's individuals I work well with, but I haven't had that opportunity to be a part of like a, a nice team. Yeah. So hopefully one day I'll be able to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always like lean towards, uh, you know, it's always good to get good money. Um, but always lean towards great teammates uh, and great management. Like you just, yeah. like management is so hard Like to, to work for good management, man. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm not as loyal to the, <laughs> to the entities and more to my teammates. Yeah. Great management is hard. And I've worked, I've worked, I've seen good, like uh, good management. Uh, and once I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, we weren't doing it right in the other places. Yeah. And kind of like what you talked about, and and just to kind of sum it up, not drag this on too much longer, but um, kind of like what you talked about with your first startup, with you discovered a new way of living life, yeah. not necessarily having to be somewhere and be there for, you know, you, you were part of that team to where you, you did what you had to do, you lived your life, and then because of your will, you were able to commit more time later to, yeah. to doing what you had to do. Yeah. But you know, again, you're committing to your teammates, yeah. and they're they're you know your teammates are gonna get back on at nine thirty ten, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. let me let me get with them. Yeah, that's awesome, Theo. Thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm My sorry to cut buddy. it off a little early. I wish we could keep going, but <laughs> I think it'll. Uh, yeah, we we could talk for another two hours. <laughs> yeah, I think next time, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about some of the crypto related stuff and, and some of the future and some of the, the yeah. things you're looking forward to yeah. uh, in, in, in a couple of months when you get back here, but it's All been right. a blast Theo. Right. Um, thank you for being on here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Any, any last remarks? This is great. Yeah. Love, love to see it. Yeah. Keep we'll get, we'll get the on here next time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys for watching this podcast. We appreciate it. That's my uncle and very, very, very intelligent human being, Carlos Bonilla. I'm um, old school, Matt. We'll catch you guys on the next one.